Welcome back to the Tasty Morsels of Critical Care podcast. Uh, today's topic is Pneumocystis durovetiae pneumonia, the infection formerly known as Pneumocystis carinii pneumonia. The official change in name from carinii to durovetiae was in the late 1990s, uh, and it was to emphasise the distinct organism that infected humans rather than infected rats, for example. Uh, and it was named after a chap called Otto Durovetsch, who was Czech uh, in origin, apparently. It seems that there was just one eye when the name was first changed, uh, as pneumocystis was at the time thought to be a protozoa. Once it was conclusively shown to be a fungal infection, then the heavyweights from the International Code of the Mechanature for Algae Fungi Implants, the ICNAFP, they weighed in and it became officially Durovetsii with two eyes at the end. All of this is what I picked up from Wikipedia on a Sunday afternoon, so take it with a grain of salt. The main use of this information will come when some smug consultant corrects one of the team when they say PCP instead of PJP and then to rescue the juniors from their shame you can bust out the ICNAFO declaration uh, with the two eyes, and you can arise victorious over said smug consultant. Um, that's definitely the way that it played out in my brain anyway. So back to some actual medicine then. You can split pneumocystis into two contexts clinically. Firstly you've got the poorly controlled or the first presentation HIV positive patient. These guys tend to have a fairly slow and insidious presentation of breathlessness uh, over weeks, um, but not severe enough to present to hospital at those early stages. So they've often been unwell for two or three weeks before they arrive. Um, when they do present, um, certainly expecting to be hypoxic and they'll probably have some imaging changes, a small number will have pneumothorax in this group, as historically described, and they probably have a higher burden of organisms overall. The second kind of clinical context, the second group, is going to be the immunosuppressed patient generally. And this could be from steroids, solid organ transplant, or hemological malignancy, or maybe a rheumatoid patient. Um, often more, they'll present more like a typical acute respiratory infection with fever, cough, and shortness of breath, and probably with some bilateral changes on imaging. Um, both groups will now have the infamous ground glass appearances, which we're so used to with COVID now, and you'll see that on imaging in pneumocystis durovetiae. Um, diagnosis can be tricky and from an ICU perspective they're probably sick enough to justify impaired treatment based on context without waiting for all the results and maybe that's one of the most important messages if you've got someone with um, PJP sick enough to be in an ICU and a ventilator uh, you should definitely just be going ahead and treating them um, and then worrying about getting the diagnosis um, down the line usual stuff like chest x-ray, CT and labs all that yada 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 stuff commonly we will order a beta-D-glucan which is a, a common component found in fungal organisms but it's not clear how good it test it is to rule in or to rule out something like PJP. Um, LDH, lactic dehydrogenase, um, while commonly ordered, is even less useful than this. A bal, a, a bronchoalveolar lavage done with bronchoscopy is going to be needed on this and you, you have a few options for the tests on that. Um, silver staining, um, immunofluorescence, which is probably the most sensitive, and polymerase chain reaction or PCR, which is really good um, but can't distinguish kind of carriage from infection. However, if it is negative, then you're probably in the clear from a PJP point of view. Um, there's a reasonable guideline from the American Thoracic Society in 2019 which covers this, and it's well worth a read. That's where I got some of the info from this. Management-wise, the key kind of spinal level reflex when this is considered is cotrimoxazole. This should be at high dose, which you should check in a book or with a pharmacist. Uh, and while pneumocystis is fungal, we can't use our usual antifungals like the echinocandins or azoles, the caspofungins, fluconazoles of the world, as pneumocystis has cholesterol in its walls and not ergosterol, which is important for the mechanism of those drugs. For those intolerant of cotrimoxazole, some words to consider mentioning in an exam setting would be clindamycin, primaquine and pentamidine. But in reality, there's going to be expertise you can call upon or PubMed for you to search to help with that particular question.
If they're in ICU, then the cotrimoxazole should be given with a chaser of steroids, as this is a mortality-altering effect at an RCT level. References for this post uh, include that ATS guideline from Fishman, is the lead author in 2019, um, O's Intensive Care Manual, Chapter 73, uh, The Life and the Fasting, Critical Care Compendium Entry, and the Internet of Book of Critical Care have an excellent chapter and podcast on this as well. Thanks for listening.